Today is Monday, January 25th. The title for our devotional is Paul's Message to the Strong. This week, we're looking at Romans 15, 1 through 13. We're zooming in here a little bit and taking a smaller bite of scripture to examine because this is Paul's conclusion to his primary point of application that he wants the Roman Christians to get. Next week, we'll move pretty quickly and finish the book through chapter 16. In chapter 15, Paul is continuing his discussion of how the strong and the weak are to relate to one another in the local house churches of Rome. Remember, the weak in faith are those who are continuing to follow the dietary laws of the Old Testament, along with the holy days and maybe even circumcision. The strong, which he will mention specifically for the first time here in 15.1, are likely those who are free to eat whatever food they want and forego Sabbath practice and circumcision rituals. Their conscience doesn't convict them on these matters. Whereas these are not specifically ethnic category, category distinctions, it is likely that more Jewish Christians are in the weak and more Gentile Christians are in the strong. Romans 15one through 2 says this, We who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good to build him up. And then in verse 7 of chapter 15, he says, Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. In verse 1, he gives a strong imperative to the strong. See what I did there? And in verse 7, to both. In verse 1, he calls the strong to, quote, bear with, that is, to tolerate and come to the aid of the weak. They have a responsibility here. Having the more freeing position to give up their ability to use their freedom for their own benefit and to instead use it to please their neighbor for their good. That is to build them up. The use of neighbor here would recall Romans 13, 8 through 10, as well as the command to love your neighbor as yourself from Jesus himself and also Leviticus 19, 18. Then in verse 7, he calls both groups to welcome one another. Tomorrow we will explore the example of Christ. The idea of the word for welcome is hospitality, that is to receive one into your home or circle of acquaintance. This is especially fitting since these were house churches who aspired to eat a meal together, and the primary nature of the conflict revolved around food, which would restrict the weak from eating in the house of the strong because of the restrictions of the food laws. Quickly, how easy would it be, would it have been, for Paul to just form different house churches that met each one's needs? These were not essential matters, as we've covered already, and they already likely met in five different homes throughout the city. The solution of two kosher Sunday meetings and three non-kosher Sunday meetings would make a lot of sense practically, but Paul will have none of it. They are to tolerate and aid one another with their differences and welcome one another in fellowship. Venture with me into the weeds here for a moment. Scott McKnight and Tim Mackey see a sociopolitical power in view in verses 1 through 6, as well as strength in faith and the church. They argue that the Gentile Christians should hold a higher status in Roman social hierarchy that comes into play here as well. They primarily gather this view from the meaning of the word translated here as strong in the Greek is dunitas. Paul also uses the negative form of this word, a dunitas, in verse 1 as well, 
which is translated week. This is a different word than he uses in 14.1 for the week, which is astheneo. The word carries the meaning possible, able, mighty, strong, and power. You can see how all of those meanings are related theoretically, and the context would then determine which meaning we go with. They would argue that the word should be translated here as power, as in sociopolitical power, instead of strong here. That is certainly a possible translation, as it is within this word's semantic range, and it's easy to see how it would apply given the social situation at play in the Roman churches. That is, the Jews being recently sent away from Rome. So, the Gentile Christians would certainly have a more powerful position in the society. So, the text very well may have hints of this. I've obviously spent a good deal of time exploring this this week, and as you've probably guessed by now, I think the conclusion that they've come to is a bit of an overreach. When the major English translations all go with the same word in translation, there's usually a reason for it. Here, they are relying primarily on the immediate context of Romans 14.1 through 15.13. Paul's focus here is the weak in faith. So without any additional contextual clues that he has broadened his scope to the socio-political landscape as well, I think it's best to keep our focus on the weak and strong in faith as it pertains to the Mosaic law within the church. That is not to say that the application isn't true, however, only that this text isn't teaching that application. I've spent so much time wrestling with this this week because this is an application that I want to make as well. It would apply nicely to our current American cultural climate, calling those with power and privilege to help those who do not have power and privilege. But I think we must keep our scope within the church and to disputable matters or opinions. That said, Paul's scope is the church and his imperative directed towards those who are right theologically and have the more able, powerful, or strong position on these disputable matters within the church. They have more freedom to practice these. His call to them is consistently to leverage their abilities and strength to benefit those who don't have those same liberties or powers. See also 1 Corinthians 8-10 through or Philippians 2. I hope you know where I'm going with this. Martin Luther King Jr. said that 11 a.m. on Sunday morning is one of the most segregated hours in America. That statement is largely still true today. This is a travesty and unacceptable given the scripture, theology, and leader that we claim to follow. If Paul were here today, I believe he would give a scathing rebuke to the white evangelical church. The white evangelical church has a position within the church at large that affords them more liberties, that is, more access to good theological education, more resources, better multi-ethnic locations, etc. Too often, the white evangelical church uses these positions of strength to their own advantage, not to the advantage of others. Specifically, not to help those disadvantaged within our church. Then, the church as salt and light in the culture should be the beacon of racial unity that the culture seeks to emulate and follow. But it must start with the church better living out its theology of unity here. For additional content today, I've linked you to a video that you can find over on the devotional page. This video is taken from the Gospel Coalition's MLK 50 conference done in 2018 to honor the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. 
Charlie Dates delivers this talk. And for most of us watching it, it will be really uncomfortable. It sure made me uncomfortable when I watched it the first time. You may even have a knee-jerk negative reaction to some things he says and be tempted to turn it off. But I think we must listen. We must at least listen. Remember, he is not expounding here on Romans 15, so he expands his talk to the socio-political sphere as well. But he has a lot of good things to say to the church as well that are in line with applying Romans 15. So I encourage you to give it a watch. It's about 30 minutes, so schedule some time to head over there and watch it today. For reflection today, are there any areas in your Christian life where you have more liberty to practice within your Christian freedom than your fellow brothers and sisters in Christ? Think of things like personal convictions on what TV shows you can watch, drinking alcohol, practicing Sabbath, etc., things that we talked about last week. What is your heart and your mindset in community with others? Is it to bear with one another for their benefit or simply to prove you're right? To those on both sides of these issues, is your heart and motive to welcome one another and to worship together?